Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. There's a swing and a drive to center by Ramos. Back and it goes Ellsbury to the wall. It is gone. Wilson Ramos with a two-run home run. And with one swing of the bat, he's given the Rays the lead. Coming up, we'll recap the action from this past week, take a look around Major League Baseball, and sit down for in-depth interviews with the biggest names in the game. The 2-2 now. Check swing on the slider. Strike three. Chris Archer jumps off the mound and bounces his way to the dugout. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Afternoon, everybody, and welcome to This Week in Rays Baseball. I'm Patrick Keenis in for Neil Solons while he's over on the TV side with Fox Sports Sun. This week, we have an all-star-themed show. This week, we'll hear from Rays All-Stars Blake Snell and Wilson Ramos. We'll look ahead to today's Futures game. We'll hear from Durham's AAA All-Stars, plus principal owner Stu Sternberg on this week's stadium design reveal. Welcome back to Rays Baseball. Patrick Keenis sitting in for Neil Solons. Well, Blake Snell certainly deserved to be named an all-star from the get-go, but with Friday's news, he is going for the first time, and he told Neil how important that is. To get a chance to play with the best of the best and, and one game, uh, no, it means a lot. And uh, just how important this is for me individually, it means a lot, but then for my, my friends, family, fans, um, people that I care about, watching me do what I've always wanted to do, uh, it's exciting. But no, definitely excited about it. Is there something to be said for doing it the hard way? And what I mean by that is you kind of learned a little bit about your support network after you found out you didn't get in. Yeah, no, I was uh, I was very blown away by uh, just how many people really thought that I should have been in. I thought it was only going to be a small group, Tampa fans and and myself and people around me, but it was, it was a lot more than that. And uh, no, that was... That was something that I'll, I'll cherish for a long time, just to see how many people really did see the work that I put into this, this year so far, and they, they felt the same way I felt. And no, it, it meant a lot to me. Was there anything of those messages that stood out more than any other that you think about? Uh, just all my teammates, the coaches, uh, family, people that I am close to, uh, the words that they used. Uh, and how upset they were. I mean, I felt like they were as upset as I was, and I felt like some people were more upset than me, so that was pretty impressive because I was pretty upset about how this all played out. And, uh, no, I'm just happy with the support. I mean, the support was unreal. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. I've never felt anything like it. So to be able to feel that, it meant a lot to me. I think we've had conversations about this that you really don't have the opportunity to speak to other pitchers on other teams because of your schedule. The All-Star game might allow for that. Is there anyone in particular whose brain you would like to pick, like to talk to just about pitching? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna bum rush Sale. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he has a choice. I've been waiting to talk to that man for a while. So that's a guy that I'm, I mean, I'm a huge, huge fan of what he does, the way he goes about his business, uh, the person that he is from what I've heard from people. And uh, it's something that I just want to see for myself. I want to learn from him, just uh, see how he approaches the game and the days on and off the field. And There's a lot that I just want to talk to him about. So hopefully he gives me the time of day. I think he will, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to learn something. I would think so, too. If there is one question you would want to ask him, what would it, the top one be? I mean, it's probably something to do with just his mindset. I mean, I, I have an idea, but probably the way he – 
like what he does before the game, uh, what he does. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, honestly, what he does before his starts, what he does before the game, day up. I mean, there's a lot. When he struggled, what, is, what did he learn? Like what helped him best? Uh, when he succeeded, how does he continue to keep it going? Stuff like that. Um, I think it's stuff anyone would ask a guy that's succeeded at this level for so long. And yeah, it's just something that I'm looking forward to. I mean, I, I'm sure there's a lot more questions I'll have on the spot when I see him, but those are just the basic ones. From a motivation standpoint, how much as to what happened this week motivates you for the rest of the season? Uh, it's definitely added more, um, but I was already pretty driven with uh, everything I was doing and what I wanted to accomplish this year. But no, it definitely adds it adds a little more to it. But with being selected or not uh, at that at that time, it didn't bother me. I knew what I wanted to accomplish this year and nothing was going to waver my mind or get in the way of that. It was clear from the first day you came into spring training that you kind of had stepped it up a notch. What do you think is the biggest change for you now versus this time a year ago? Uh, well, this time a year ago, I was getting, I mean, I was getting myself back together. I was starting to understand myself. I was getting back to the Blake that knew he could dominate, just had to put it together. Um, but there was things that I went through th that I needed to go through uh, that made me the pitcher I am today that I'm thankful for. So last year I was happy that I got sent down. I knew I needed to learn. I knew I needed to get better. Uh, so there was a lot that took place that made me grow. And then now I've just I've put it all together, but I'm still getting better. I'm still learning. I still have a lot of growth to do. Uh, and I still have a lot of things to accomplish. So I just say I've just I've gotten better. I've stayed the course of what I need to do and fo stay focused on. And that's just kind of what got me to the place I'm at now. But I'm still looking forward to be way better than I am now. That's Blake Snell. And we wish him the best of success at his first All-Star game. He was named with Wilson Ramos. And, of course, Wilson earned his first All-Star bid with the Nationals. But before he injured his hamstring yesterday, he told Neil about how special this opportunity would be. Guys told me I made the All-Star All team, you know, very excited because, you know, I was working really hard for, for this moment. You know, in the, in the, past, few, in the past few days, I, you know, I saw my name on the, on the top of the more, more, most, most catchers in the voting. So, but yesterday, as soon as I get it, the, 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 you know, as soon as I get the, the notice, you know, I get very excited for, for that. Is it more special to be voted in than, let's say, if you were named, you know, a, a reserve or something like that? Ah, uh, you know, I, I know people, players, when, when we when we have a, a good year, we deserve to be on the All-Star. But, you know, it's special, too, when, when, you know, when you see your name, a lot of people voting for you because, you know, it's, it's good when you see a lot of people follow you, follow your career. That's very special also. I would assume a lot of Rays fans obviously voted for you, but also the Nationals voted for you too because the game is there. What does that mean to be going back to a park where you had so much success? Ah, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting, you know, be back there, especially because I got good memories in that stadium with with those fans. Nothing better like you be in the field and a lot of people say your name, clap clap hands when you, when you when you go to play, you know. 
the last time I played there, you know, that was a good ovation. Nice video in the video board, so that made me feel great, excited, happy because you know all those all those fans love me, and, and I did a really good job for that team. What does this mean to your family? Ah, uh, for my family, you know, it's special too because you know I got my daughter, my wife, my baby boy. Now he's to start going to the stadium. He like the loud stadium, and you know. My daughter, she, she, she was, she was, she grown up in that stadium in D.C. So she, she know a little bit. All a lot of people in D.C. know her from, from when I was playing there. My wife loved the city too, but you know, now it's different. We're, we're going for the All Star game, and it's gonna be special for, for us because we got, we got good memory for the first All Star, and now. You know, the first All-Star just just was my wife, me and my daughter. Now I got my, my, my son, and it's going to be special because all those four will be there. Your manager is going too, Kevin Cash, as a coach. What does that mean to you, and what has it meant to play for him here? Ah, it's, it's pretty good for him, for us, for the team, for the organization, because, you know, he's been doing a really good job, especially with the moving all those pitchers. You know, it's not easy to... To do that when you, you you just have three starters in the in the rotation, you know, but he's been doing a really good job moving those 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 guys, and you know he deserved to be there also. And obviously he has a lot of respect for you as a guy who's been a former catcher and respecting what you do. And I would assume you've enjoyed playing for him. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, you know how's the position, how hard he's played back there. So you know we got we we have a really really good relationship between manager and catcher. I love that, you know, it's very special when, you know, very important when, when you have a good communication with your manager. So we, we already have it. I know it's my, my second year here, but we, we, we make a really good relationship. So that's, that's pretty good for us. What do you remember about your first All-Star game? What do you remember from that experience? Yeah, I was very special. You know, I remember when we walk, was, you know, walking on the red carpet, you know, all, all those moments, you know, the, the dinner with a lot of a lot of guys, a lot of all-star players, you know, with all those guys doing a really good job. You know, it's very good to be, to know those guys, you know, take some pictures, you know, it's a very special moment, you know, like, it's a dream, like everybody, every player wanna wanna make you, you know, be an all-star. And now Wilson Ramos is a two-time all-star, once for the Rays and once for the Nationals, who host this year's game. Congrats to Blake Snell, manager Kevin Cash, and Wilson Ramos on being named to the American League All-Star team. Even with Ramos is unable to perform when we learned late yesterday due to a left hamstring strain. Coming up, though, we'll hear from perhaps some future Rays as we look at some minor league all-stars after this on the Rays Baseball Network. Today is the Futures game in D.C. The Rays participants are Nate Lowe of Montgomery for the U.S. team and Jesus Sanchez of Port Charlotte for the world team. Both are in the starting lineup today. Lowe at first base, Sanchez starting in right. Neil spoke with Lowe, who was a 13th round pick just two years ago, was thrilled for the opportunity. Honestly, I, I was pretty surprised when they told me that I was going to go just because I thought for the longest time that it was all guys who are on those prospect lists and the top 100 and top 30 for all their teams and high dollar draft guys so um you know i was 
I was real surprised when uh, Brady told me, but you know I'm pretty fired up about it. It's uh, it's a testament to obviously how the year's gone so far, and uh, I'm excited to get out there and show them what I can do. Does it also say to you what the Rays think of you? Because you mentioned not being on the prospect list, but obviously they don't care what the lists say. You're a priority guy, I would think now, and it really cements you as a prospect in the organization. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, it's a lot of the a lot of thanks to them for actually putting me out there and letting me go up to D.C. If they're going to put me up with the group of guys that are going in there, and obviously with Sanchez, our other guy going in there, who's a highly regarded, high value guy for us, you know, it shows a lot that they really care about me as a player in this organization. If I would have told you before the year had started, it would go as it has to this point. What would you have told me? I wouldn't have said no. Because uh, obviously I didn't show up to to play poorly, but if you're going to tell me the exact numbers, I would say okay. Well, sounds like I've had a pretty good first half and nice start to the second half. I don't want to say I saw it coming, but I didn't work all off season and learn everything that I learned from my second half last year, and you know, obviously not playing as great as I wanted to just to show up and have a mediocre year. I mean, it's been a it's been a spectacular year for you so far. I mean, you're among the RBI leaders in uh, in minor league baseball. What makes a good RBI guy? What makes a guy who drives in runs? Because we all talk about the advanced numbers, you know, hard hit balls, launch angle, all that kind of stuff. But there needs to be a certain kind of focus to be able to consistently drive guys in. The two and three, the top of the order, getting on base. You know, uh, singles are singles, but. A single with runners on holds such a high value, but, it, you know, if those guys don't get on base, it, it sounds simple, but it's it's a, a lot of credit to the guys that were hitting in front of me in Port Charlotte and the guys who are hitting in front of me now in Montgomery for getting on base and giving me the opportunity to drive them in. Your numbers are probably as good or better in double-A than they were in high-A, which is saying something. Have you noticed much of a difference between the two levels? Yeah, absolutely. All the guys here don't try and throw 100 miles an hour past you. You know, they're, they're trying to sink the ball or cut the ball or throw in a wrinkle or drop a drop a wrong pitch in a wrong count and uh, get you to roll over. But, you know, if you just focus in and hopefully the strike zone gets a little tighter as you keep going. But, you know, obviously we're never going to agree with umpires. But uh, this game is a lot different from Port Charlotte like I said, because they're throwing other pitches for a strike. But pitchers are still pitchers, and they're still going to make mistakes. you just got to capitalize on the mistakes and don't miss the good pitches to hit. I know you played at a very high level in college. You played in the SEC. But have you played at a big league ballpark before? And if so, when was it? Uh, no, I've never played in a big league ballpark before, so I'm excited about getting up to D.C. Will it be motivating for you? I mean, how will you view that experience? The first time, actually, I went to that park one time. Uh, playing summer ball. Our head coach, Bruce Hall, had a hookup with Bruce Bochy, and the Giants were in town, so they got us on the field for batting practice, and I got to see a bunch of guys out there and uh, watch those major league guys take BP, and, you know, all these other guys are in awe, and obviously you're impressed with major leaguers taking batting practice, but somewhere in your brain you're still kind of going, wow, that's, you know, I don't want, it's not I want that to be me, it's that's going to be me. So ever since seeing then, like, watching the ball fly out of there and seeing uh, the surface, obviously, and all the work that goes into every single grounds crew everywhere that's doing their job to keep it in top shape. You know, it's, it's exciting to get out there and uh, play on the best surface in the world. Have you looked over the rosters of the two teams, and are there guys you haven't seen in a while that you played against or guys that you just want to meet and 
you know, it'd be nice to kind of exchange ideas, thoughts with them? I know a decent amount of the guys going. You know, uh, I played with Dakota Hudson. I played with Kyle Lewis. I played against Buddy Reed and Pete Alonzo, and I think Bo Bichette's going again. Played mm-hmm. against him. Jermel is from where I'm from, uh, maybe 15, 20 minutes down the road. So, I mean, I know a decent portion of the guys going. So I'm excited to get over there and uh, see what's going through their brain at this point in the season and what's to come for them. And you're also going to go with, as you mentioned, Jesus Sanchez. What will it mean to go with him? You guys have been teammates. Oh, it's exciting. You know, he's a he's a great young player, and he's got a lot of steps to make. But uh, I think he's going to, when he pans out, he's going to be a, a very good Major League player for a long time. And, um, you know, just being there with him on this step is, uh, is exciting. You're certainly a little bit older than him. Where have you made the biggest strides this year? Where do you think you've made the biggest jump as you look back at this year so far? Biggest jump this year started in probably end of September last year, getting in the weight room. And uh, after getting through the first season, you got a pretty good idea of what you need to work on and how you need to go about it. The support group that's been there for me in the off season to help me get to this point, you know, I, I can't say enough thanks to all of them. How much better do you feel physically now having gone through whatever it is, 80-some-odd games than you did at this point a year ago? How different does your body feel? Uh, I feel fantastic. I got this, uh, this group of people from Orlando that see me every time I'm in Florida, and they saw me in Jacksonville and stretch me out and do some tissue work and uh, in touch with my trainer all the time, talking about you know regular stuff but also body stuff too. And I feel like uh, last year there was a point where – you know, I made the move to the FSL. You get there in the summer, it's 100 degrees, and you're just kind of over it, not realizing that there's more steps to be made. This year I'm not complacent, and uh, it's still hot in Montgomery, but there's plenty of work left to do, so uh, somebody's got to do it. Well said. And, you know, you're, this journey that you're on, I mean, it's a personal journey, but it's a family journey too. What did it mean to your family to see you, to, to get the news that you were going to the Futures game? Oh, they're super excited. Um, you know, Brady told me before a game, and uh, my parents were actually in town, so I called them up and uh, thought my mom was going to tear up a little bit, and uh, they were pretty excited for me. That's Nate Lowe, who has a OPS of over 1,000 between Port Charlotte and Montgomery, 18 home runs, 72 RBIs. Before we continue, let's pause for stage night identification on the Rays Baseball Network. This is 620 WDAE St. Petersburg. It is gone! WPTP HD3 Clearwater and 95.3 FM. Home of the Rays. Port Charlotte skipper Ronaldo Ruiz has managed Nate Lowe and Jesus Sanchez in parts of the past two seasons, and certainly he was pleased to learn about them playing in today's Futures game. For the last three years, the, the, the way they play, the way they go about their business is impressive, and I'm really uh, lucky to have these two kids uh, uh, for the last few years. Let's start with Jesus because you have him now. How much has he grown since last year? Well, this kid is a lot. I mean, not only all the things that he can do on the field, is the things that, you know, off the field, like trying to learn the language, trying to learn the culture, and, and, and get along with everybody, and, and be a really nice teammate, good teammate to everybody. That's, you know, it's, it's impressive. And, and offensively, and, uh, you know, things that he can do on the field is also, the number shows, and not only the numbers, is when you see him, you, you notice it. You know, I've only seen him a few times in person, and most of those were at spring training games. And the thing that stood out to me 
Um, and probably at the awards ceremony, too, at Tropicana Field is the smile he always has on his face when I've seen him. Is that the way he is always? He always has a smile uh, everywhere he goes, even, you know, even when teams uh, didn't get the results uh, on the field, he still have that smile, and, and, and you you know he's fine. You know, he's, he's a very, very uh, happy kid, and he loves to play, he loves to be around uh, his teammates, and, and, and he's always has a smile. Have you talked to him much about the Futures game, and, and what does it mean to him to get to go? Well, he was really excited when I when I told him he was invited to uh, represent the, uh, the the world team in, in the futures game. He, he was really excited. He was he, he told me he meant a lot to him because you know he's been working so hard, you know, since he was in the, at the academy in Dominican Republic, and and, and that shows uh, you know he's going to the right direction. Obviously, he's still in high A, so he still has room for growth. But where do you think he's grown the most this year in his game, and where do you think he still has that room to? To really mature and become a big leaguer eventually. Well, I think uh, offensively he can. You know, he he's a really good hitter, he's a, a clutch hitter too. He's right there. He's one of the, the tools that uh, is more advanced. Uh, defensively, still learning to have better routes and uh, attacking attacking the ball uh, when he wants to make a throw home play or when he to any base. But uh, yeah, I think it's defensively is one of the areas where uh, he's working really hard, and also uh, he wants to steal bases, and it's one of the things that he's uh, been working on too. It's nice to hear that he really wants to become that kind of well-rounded guy. You know, in terms of, of Nate, I know he's now in A and he's had a terrific season. Are you at all surprised at how quickly he's grown from where you saw him last year in Bowling Green? I really, I really I am. I mean, I really am surprised the way he you know uh from one year to this year the way he's uh improved and the way he's been growing is is amazing he's you know he was uh working really hard uh he always had that uh you know good uh, knowledge of the strike zone but uh now uh, everything is on time and, and he's uh playing and everything is it looks really really good and the way he's been working defensively which is one of the areas where he wanted to work really hard too. He's he's doing it. He's locked in. He's he's working hard, and I'm very proud and impressed the way he's been uh, uh, playing and, and, and doing this year. How big an example is Jesus? Because in the Rays have had a player uh, from Latin America go uh, pitchers, and they've had guys like Willie Adamas who they traded for, but he's the first homegrown position player that they've had from Latin America to go to this game. I would assume this means a lot for the organization. How do you see it? No doubt, no doubt, because we have, you know, all the uh, all the hard work that we are putting in our, in our academies and, and Dominican and, and, and all the, the staff, the players, and the people involved in, in you know, the development of uh, in, in our academy is big, you know, and that have the chance to see Jesus, who is a kid that was signed by our scouts, was trained by our our, our staff in Dominican and then come here and do what he's going to do, you know, just represent uh, the organization, the Dominican Republic Academy and all the staff from there and all the people that's been working with him represent. It, it means a lot to us, you know, and, and, and it's, it's huge for us that uh, he gets a chance to play in a, in a future game. That's Port Charlotte manager Reynaldo Ruiz on Jesus Sanchez and the Futures game. Now this week was the AAA All-Star game, and Durham had three participants in more on the 
Triple uh, A All Star game played in Columbus, Ohio. Keen Wong won the MVP on the International League side and said it's been a very special year. To get honored with this, you know, it's a awesome feeling as well as also humble at the same time. So, you know, to answer your question, yeah, I mean, it is. You know, it's one step below the big league, so just to be able to get honored and play in the Triple A All Star game, you know, it feels great. I talked with your manager Jared Sandberg last week, and he told me so many good things about what you've done this year. What are you most proud of in terms of the growth you've made this year so far? Um, you know, just uh, just the bats I've been taking. You know, I've been uh, earlier in the year I was swinging a lot of bad pitches, but you know, I just told myself to you know play my game and. You know, swing pitches that I can handle, and, you know, I've been doing that, and it's been turning out great. How much of your success do you think is due in part to the what you've done in the off season, the hard work you put in? Obviously, I, I could tell you came in great shape this year. Yeah, um, you know, I, me and my brother sat down in the, before, the off, before the off season to work on. You know, me and him had uh, similarities that we had to work on, so, you know, we put in the extra work to make our game that much better. Physically, uh, you know, we worked on our speed a little bit, you know, but, um, you know, it's just, Taking our bat serious and, um, you know, just playing our game. You know, last year, me and him were trying to hit homers, and, you know, that's not a part of our game. So this year we want to take our approach to the game, and, you know, that's by driving runs in, um, you know, bonding them over, you know, just doing the situational hitting that we can do to help the team win. For all the talk about uh, a couple guys you've played with over the years, Jake Bowers, Willie Adamas, I think people forget that you've been on all those teams too. How important is it for you to be labeled as a winner? Because you've been, what, to the playoffs, I think, almost every full season you've played, right? Yes, you know, um, every full season I've been, you know, into the finals or into the playoffs, you know. But for me, it's just, you know, I love to win and, you know, I'll do anything it takes to help this ball club win. You know, I take that serious. I think winning is more important than numbers. You know, when I get the opportunity to help the team win, you know, I will give them 120% to, you know, do whatever it takes to win that ball game and to win a championship. You've adapted a bit this year, too. You, you've played some outfield in addition to playing the infield, which is what you're accustomed to. How has that adjustment gone? I've heard good things about the adjustment. Yeah, you know, um, it wasn't that hard because in high school, uh, you know, my dad would put me all over the place. He would put me catcher, uh infield, outfield. So, you know, when they told me they wanted to put me outfield, I was kind of excited because I wanted to show them that, you know, I, I am versatile and I can play other positions just to help the team, honestly. You know, they told me that they wanted me to do that just so I can, if they ever need someone up there, you know, I'll be the guy. So, you know, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to put my name out there and let them know that I can play infield, outfield, and whatever they need. You know, I just want to get up there and just help the team win and, you know, hopefully bring a trophy back to Tampa. All right, good stuff right there from Kian Wong, who played this week in his third All-Star game. His teammate Ian Jabot was in his first, and he found out about it in a very unique way. Well, I was walking up to the field. It was the day of our day-night doubleheader, so first one for me. So I was to the field thinking, wow, it's going to be a long day. And I feel my phone ring, and it's Jared, and he said, hey, uh, where you at? And I was like, oh, I'm walking up to the field, and he was like, well, before the news gets out, I want to tell you congratulations for making the All-Star team. So, so, I mean, going to that long day, it was great news to receive. I mean, I, I was super excited. It's an absolute honor. Definitely wouldn't be here without my, my teammates who have also been doing a hell of a job this year. I mean, when you get a bullpen like ours and everyone's doing well, it's pretty easy to go out there and pitch and you just feed off each other. And then our, our hitters, for sure, have been helping us out a lot with the amount of runs they've been scoring. What's that friendly group been like in terms of the bullpen? The competitiveness, the way they've driven one another, how have 
guys helped you, and how have you guys, how have you helped some other guys? I mean, it's great. We're we're all pulling for each other. I mean, everyone wants everybody to go out there, throw the best they can. Everyone wants to get better each outing. I mean, it's just been great. I mean, there's no one really trying to beat out each other, obviously, but we're we're just feeding off each other. And then when we see guys throw well, you want to go out there and throw well for for your team. So. It's been great. What's been the biggest adjustment going to AAA? Because I know you had a lot of success last season. When you boil it down, pitching's pitching. And, I mean, if you make a good pitch, you're typically going to have success. So, I mean, I haven't really focused on necessarily going up levels, but staying within myself, making a good pitch and doing what I can do and seeing what the outcome is and hopefully it's Welcome. Rick Knapp has a lot of experience at the big league level, at the minor league level, but he's new to this organization. How have the two of you gelled? Knappy's been awesome. He's a great coach. I mean, he really helps you. He really, uh, I guess, personalizes each and every one of us to what we want to do and how we want to throw. But mechanically, there's not one way to pitch, obviously. So he's, he really works on each individual guy, which is awesome. And it's been great. He's he's helped me out a lot. I mean, with the mental side of pitching and really learning how to how to pitch hitters and how to get guys out in an effective and timely manner. Is that where you think you may have grown the most this year, the mental side versus the physical? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I felt like all my stuff has been sharper this year. I've just been just, – I mean, this is the best I've felt, so I just want to keep that rolling. But, yeah, I mean, mentally – not necessarily, just I guess reading hitters, knowing what to throw in what situations. Yeah, it's helped me a lot, actually. Ian Chabot isn't the only first-time All-Star with Durham. Outfielder Justin Williams was in the AAA All-Star game, too, and told Neil what the adjustment has been like in his first full season at AAA. Um, honestly, just coming in every day with, with the mindset of getting pitches to hit, I mean, getting pitches to drive rather than just hit, Playing both sides of the baseball is really important. You know, it matters if you can help your team win offensively or defensively. Anything helps. Guys don't really give in. Pitching-wise, they don't really give in. You know, they much rather walk you than you do any damage. That's been the biggest part for me is just playing the chess match. Yeah, you mentioned playing on both sides of the ball. You know, I talked to Jared Sandberg, your manager, last week, and he told me really good things about your defense and how much it continues to improve. How much has Ben Johnson helped? Because I know he's new to the organization. A lot. Um, we talk every day, and, you know, there's always something. You learn something new in baseball every day, and I'm always willing to learn. He's just, you know, helped me a lot with re- reading balls off the bat and batting practice and actually taking it serious. Just repetition to create muscle memory. Your numbers in terms of outfield assists are off the charts. You're in double digits. Do you think you become better in terms of accuracy in throwing, consistency? Where do you think you've improved the most? Accuracy, for sure, and just staying through the baseball, making sure you like try and throw through the target, in a sense. How about the offensive side of this? You're fortunate in that you've got the same hitting coach that you had last year in Dan Dement because he moved up from double to triple A, too. How much has that familiarity helped you so far this year? A lot. You know, and it, I feel comfortable talking to Danny about anything. I've been with him since Bowling Green. You know, we talk every day, and, you know, I've had good stretches and bad stretches, but for the most part, you know, we've kind of been on the same page about coming in every day with the routine and, you know, just sticking to that. How much for you is that, you know, you talk in, to a lot of hitters and you hear about the importance of trust. How great a trust level do you have in Dan, and how much do you think that's helping? 
a ton because, um, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm a little afraid to share information, but with Nam, I, I literally tell him everything. And, you know, he we bounce ideas off of each other and we go from there. We're in the cage literally every day. You know, I look at the Durham Club and, and so many kids on that team are having very good years. What's the environment like in the clubhouse? Because it seems like no matter who is in, out, injured, up, down, you guys find a way to win. Honestly, it's just a, a really good team vibe. We have a lot of we have a, a lot of young guys, but we also have like veteran guys like Brandon Snyder, Brett Snyder, that's been around a little bit. And, you know, they kind of you know sometimes when you know we're not playing during baseball, you know, they kind of come together in the locker room, and, or we'll have a meeting and they'll speak up and kind of get us right back on track. That's Justin Williams now just a step away from the big leagues. Former USF star and first-round draft pick Shane McClanahan, well, he's a ways from that point, but he's starting his pro career after signing a contract. Shane was at Tropicana Field on Tuesday. I'm just really excited. You know, I mean, dreamed about this since I was six years old, so I'm really excited to get out there back on the mound and just uh, do what I love to do. Tell me how often you came to this ballpark as a kid and what memories do you have? I actually came here a pretty good amount. I uh, used to come here with some of my teammates and uh, – few of my friends growing up and you know I mean it's it's really a blessing to be here and sitting in the dugout right now talking to you not in the stands do you have any particular games that stand out memories of, uh, of anything in particular I do I remember uh coming here to watch the Orioles play the uh play the Rays and I remember the Orioles losing so that was a pretty good memory for to be a Tampa Bay Ray I guess now were you always a pitcher growing up as a kid and if not when did pitching become the thing you wanted to do well I mean I was actually an outfielder I mean I I love playing the field I loved hitting and, you know, once I figured out I might have something on the mound, I kind of just focused more on it and, you know, I mean, ultimately really worked at it, and here we are. Tell me in terms of pitchers. I know you got to talk to Blake Snell the day you came here. Who are some guys you watch and admire at the big league level? Sure, I mean, I, you know, besides Snell, I mean, he's having a great year. I, I loved watching Cliff Lee compete and stuff like that. I loved watching Kershaw. But I think ultimately my favorite player is Kyle Ripken Jr. just because of his work ethic on and off the field and, you know, never quit, never gave up, and was just always playing the game hard. And, I, you know, that's what I'm going to try and do. Fans probably read scouting reports, but how do you see yourself right now as a pitcher, um, and how do you want to grow? Any pitcher is crazy if they tell you they're a finished product. There's always something they could work on and strive to get better for, and, you know, I think I'm nowhere near what I can be or could be, so, I'm, you know, I'm really excited to get in the uh, organization and, you know, figure some stuff out and be the best I can be. What are your greatest strengths, do you think, right now? I think my competitiveness. I love to win. It, there's no other feeling like winning. I mean, it's it's the best feeling in the world, and I just honestly working hard, you know, going out there and competing for the guys next to you, the name on your chest, and I think probably my competitiveness. This organization obviously has a reputation for developing pitchers, especially left-handers. David Price, Blake Snell, Matt Moore. How excited are you to begin working with the coaches to help eventually hopefully get you there? You know, excited is an understatement. I'm, I feel extremely lucky to be in such a great organization for, you know, player development on and off the field. I mean, I'm very, very excited to, you know, talk to them one-on-one and, you know, figure out what I can do to be the best player I can be. It also is unusual to be a local and to have that opportunity. How much does that help? Because you're going to have family, friends. Certainly there are pressures, but they're also going to be around you for support. Sure. I mean, it's awesome growing up around here. I mean, going to USF, I mean, it was just right over the bridge. So, I mean, it's, it's really cool to be here. I mean, we have a great area and community in Tampa Bay and just very excited to be able to stay here and, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully pitch for the Rays. That's Shane McClanahan, and we hope one of this year's top picks does get that opportunity someday. More of this week in Rays baseball, including Stu Sternberg, coming up after this on the Rays Baseball Network.
Back on this week in Rays baseball, Patrick Keene is sitting in for Neil Solons, Len Martez behind the screen as he produces. And it's time now for our latest feature on 20-year employees in this 20th anniversary season for the Rays. Hi, I'm Sandy Dangler. I started with the Rays in December of 1997, administrator of baseball operations. Getting hired, I was living in Vermont. Uh, my husband and I, we'd moved there from Florida, where I'd worked for the Pirates. And while I was with the Pirates, I worked with Chuck Lamar. I wanted to get back into baseball and contacted somebody I knew at MLB and asked if they knew anybody that was hiring. So Chuck's assistant, Debbie Bent, had left. And I called Chuck. I flew down. Scott Profrock picked me up with Casey, who was a baby at the time just graduated college, I think, or was in college. And I interviewed, and a week later I was working for the race. What has been the best part about working for the race these two-plus decades? It's just been the people that I've worked with. It's always been a wonderful experience for me. Always compassionate, always concerned about the employees. Yes, there have been some ups and downs in the organization, but overall my experience has been super positive. What would you consider your greatest accomplishment as a race employee? Probably, and I don't know if they'd agree with this, but probably helping to guide Andrew when he first started because he didn't have a background in baseball, and I'd already had many years, first with the Player Relations Committee and then with the Pirates. So I think that I was helpful to him in the beginning just because I knew the rules and I knew people I could reach out to to answer questions and of course those guys learned it pretty quick and just be I think my greatest accomplishment was that I've always been the best support person that I could be for whoever I was working for Chuck and then Andrew and then Matt and now Eric and those guys how about your most recent accomplishment that doesn't factor in oh you know that was so shocked that I was the first woman to ever represent a club at the draft I i truly did not even believe that was possible. There's so many women in baseball now that I was really surprised. I'm thrilled that I was the first. We'll see if they ever have another one. <laughs> they may never have another one after me, but it, it was it was just so much fun. It was That was a real treat and an honor that they asked me to do that. What's your best memory of what's occurred on the field, and where were you when it happened? Well, I guess the best memories are 2008 which were good memories mixed with bad memories, but it was so thrilling to be there in the stands watching us first win the American League Championship, which was, I mean, we took it to the seventh game. Um, it was so exciting. And um, then going to the World Series, which Philadelphia was probably the worst experience of my life. But um, that was truly just thrilling, going from what they say, from worst to first. It was so exciting. Well, congrats to Sandy Dengler on 20-plus years with the Rays and hopefully many more exciting experiences to come. Of course, the exciting story of this week was the Rays unveiling design plans for the team's new ballpark in Ybor City. Neil spoke with principal owner Stuart Sternberg about what it meant to take that next step. Well, thanks. Yeah, we had, uh, since February when we had announced the site uh, where we were going to do it, site-specific, and we had been working on this well before that. Uh, but we had done enough work by that time to be able to come public with it. 
clearly we've done a huge amount of work. People have seen the renderings and, and a lot of the specifics that go around it, so we're excited. <clears throat> Excuse me, the next step now is we start to work uh, with the authorities in, in Hillsborough and Tampa and try to figure out how they, uh, this will get funded. In addition to that, concurrently, work on all the specifics on the stadium itself. Uh, a lot of it's fun, but all the details as well. Let's touch on the, the details of the ballpark, at least what we know of now in terms of the renderings. What makes it next generation? Because I know that was a real goal in this, to make it a next generation ballpark. By, by making it a, a, what I would call a right-sized ballpark, approximately 30,000 seating for a touch under that, it allowed us to create a, a fan experience for each seat and each fan that is different than what they've ever experienced at any other stadium or even arena. Uh, we were able to make the seats wider. It enables the, the size of the, uh, of the crowd will enable us to make the walkways wider. It enables better usage for the restrooms. Uh, the, the few concession stands that we will have around the stadium, and there will be fewer because it, the size of the stadium has enabled us to have the walkway around the stadium come on the interior as opposed to the exterior around the back. So people will be able to, to view the game at all times and get to where they need to get to in a shorter period of time. So all of these things started with the size of the, uh, of the footprint and what it's enabled to do for fan comfort going forward. And the goal also has been to make this iconic for Tampa Bay. Give me an idea of some ways that, at least initially with the designs, this is going to have that Tampa Bay feel. Well, there are two parts. There's, there's iconic and the Tampa Bay feel. The iconic part of it, uh, I, I, I should say, the uh, the Tampa Bay feel part of it will be the the not just a nod, but a, you know, a, a real bow towards Ebor, uh, where where it will be and how it will be uh, integrated into Ebor and into the entire city grid, is uh, was imperative for us. And I know that we have accomplished that. And as the design elements, as we hire local architectural firms. To, uh, to help assist us with this, uh, I know that we're going to have, you know, hit the nail on the head as far as that goes. As far as iconic, things become iconic because uh, you've broken a mold a little bit. Uh, we've got the Skyway Bridge, which was, you know, it's, a, it's an iconic piece of uh, architecture here in Tampa Bay. And we feel that this is going to be something that's as strong, if not stronger, uh, especially because of its location in a downtown corridor that is going to be uh, not just the envy, but known throughout the country. And I thought one of the things in terms of the design that kind of stood out for being Tampa Bay-ish, maybe were the, I don't know if you call it the beach areas or the areas where you had water, where people could sit as well. It, it seemed like that was kind of a fit for an area that's surrounded by water. Yeah, at this point, those are the things that Melanie and her crew, as well as working with the populace who have designed ballparks, but they're Kansas City people. But there are none better in the, in the world for designing stadiums and ballparks and arenas and things like that. However, I do think that we're going to be able to, uh, to take that a good deal further once we get local uh, people involved now that the architectural firms, now that the drawings are out there, now that the, the, the scheme is out there as far as what it's going to look like, uh, to be re really way in, not just on the sand, which to us was a no-brainer, the water a no-brainer, the brick over in Ebor and all the, uh, the Ebor niceties. Uh, but to take this further and see really what makes this, as I've called it, by, of, and for Tampa Bay. You also took a lot of public input throughout this process. And, and how? give us an idea how that maybe shaped some of the things that have been done in terms of the renderings of the ballpark. 
Well, the public, it, it, early on and, and, and even partial way through, I was, uh, I was pretty much clear that I wanted to have an open-air ballpark. We had tried it in 2007-8 here with a unique design element of sail to keep the sun off um, and keep the rain out. Um, the rain out from happening, right? They just keep the rain out of the ballpark. And it was clear from listening to the public that they, they wanted some game certainty and the comforts that were, that were brought in the summer months specifically, you know, July, August, June, July, and August, uh, you know, for escape from the heat. And once that, once that became apparent, we knew we had to go with a roof option. Once we had the roof option, it became clear that by far the greatest design element would be a fixed roof, but to have these enormous, and I say enormous, uh, sliding doors, uh, clear doors that you can see out of windows basically that will open up and bring the outside in, the inside out, and will provide incredible views into Ebor and into downtown uh, on the home plate side, downtown uh, Tampa as well. Certainly, again, very, very unique look. You also have, have really focused on trying to keep costs in line, and I think you guys have said that from the start. Give us an idea of how, let's say, there may be things that you wanted to do that you didn't want, you, you want. A nice ballpark, but you also weren't going to be overly extravagant. Well, the first thing is uh, the roof, the sliding roof, which it was unlikely to be able to fit on the site. We could have made some adjustments outside of the site, found some more land potentially would have driven the cost up a bit. But the roof itself, having a, uh, a moving roof, I suppose a fixed one, uh, would have been $75, 80 million dollars, or, or even more on top of it. So that's you know that's point A. Uh, the other is bringing the scale and the size of the park down, the number of seats and not having vast upper deck, uh, corner upper deck. They certainly impact our revenue, but we do. It, it, is, it has also brought the cost down to the stadium and at the same time has had the benefit of providing greater uh, fan comforts for in-game experience. You're one who has liked to keep this kind of out of the limelight during the season and keep the focus on the baseball. Would the fans expect and that most of what will go on from here and out would be postseason after the season's done then? Yeah, as you can tell, we've been doing a, an amazing amount of work behind the scenes for the last couple of years, and that's been going on, and we've tried to keep it out of during the season. We, we made the announcement on the, uh, you know, about the site in the off offseason, uh, but this was something that was obviously an incredible egg-breaking moment, and I think uh, to do that, to be able to do it and keep all the work that was necessary behind the scenes, but to unveil something that was this dramatic during the season, the team is playing good ball. Obviously, that that just happened to be the case at the same time, uh, coming off a great homestand, and you know, even you know, now there were two games over as I'm talking to you here. Uh, I think it's great, and it provides the excitement during the season. And yes, I would imagine that over the next couple few months, we'll be working behind the scenes, and most importantly, be working with Hillsborough and Tampa, and all the business leaders. And I'd like to be able to have. Uh, you know, made some real progress you know, by year end. And I would guess you feel more confident about where you are now than you did in spring training? Where we are relative to the, the ballpark itself? Oh, yeah, no question. I think in spring training, we knew we were heading, we knew where we were going to get to. We got to where we needed to because of the hard work by a ton of people involved. And this was really the soonest we can bring this out. We could have waited a little bit longer. But I'm of, I'm of the mind, I didn't want to bring something out, and we could have done it sooner. I don't like to bring out some half-baked ideas. And as you can tell by the, uh, the approach we took and what you saw in the renderings and all the information that came behind it today, this has been a well-thought-out, uh, well-executed process. And the other thing, how flexible, you know, you put a blueprint out for a home, sometimes there's flexibility with 
the way it's built and things of that nature, how much could it change or be altered between now and, let's say, hopefully a groundbreaking? A good amount. There's no question. A lot of the, most of the detail hasn't been filled in around it, but the design principles that we've used and the principles for a park being fan, fan forward, fan friendly, small, intimate, uh, bright, light, crisp, clear, open, bring the outside in, inside out, all, and, and then the uh, interacting with the Ebor neighborhood and, and connecting into downtown Tampa and Channel Channel side in Tampa. Those are the elements that, that are fixed. Everything else around that uh, is malleable and is going to be open for some change going forward. We expect there are going to be incredible elements coming in uh, from what we've heard or what we will expect to hear from architects and designers and the public. Uh, now that they've seen the renderings, people can see it sort of in a different light, and we'll see what comes to fore. Good luck. Thanks for a few minutes. Thank you very much. All right, that's Ray's principal owner, Stu Sternberg. Special thanks to him and all of our guests, Blake Snell and Wilson Ramos, Nate Lowe, Reynaldo Ruiz, the Durham All-Stars, Kian Wong, Justin Williams, and Ian Jabot. First-round picks, Shane McClanahan and Sandy Dengler. Well, if you have ever have something you'd like to hear on the show, just tweet at Neil Solons on Twitter. And on next week's program, hear all about the All-Star experience from Blake Snell and much more. So for Neil and producer Len Martez, I'm Patrick Kena. Stay tuned for the pregame show on the Rays Baseball Network.